0: Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right! We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: From the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. I'm David Marsland. 72 people died in the Grenfell Tower tragedy. Now we know that number could have been lower. There was
2: a window where pretty much almost everyone could have been saved if action had been taken very quickly. Our investigations
1: editor, David Cohen, has been speaking to victims' families on the day a report reveals mistakes by
3: London Fire Brigade caused more deaths. Also dependent on what comes out in phase two or subsequent to it concluding uh, will then be the police decision on whether to prosecute potentially the fire brigade and others.
1: This is not the end for the inquiry. We look ahead to phase two and beyond with our City Hall editor Ross Lydell and courts correspondent Tristan Kirk. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. There was no time on the 14th of June 2017 to understand what was happening. The fire was first seen on the fourth floor at 10 to 1 in the morning. By one twenty-six, it had reached the top. That's no time to think, no time to argue or second-guess what you're being told, 36 minutes is no time at all. 72 people died, 18 were children. More than two years on, we've had time to process and comprehend. The fire started with an electrical fault in a fridge-freezer in a flat. It spread because the cladding on the outside acted like a source of fuel. But an inquiry has found the number of those who died could have been lower if London Fire Brigade had not told people to stay put. It's also accused the Brigade's Commissioner, Danny Cotton, of remarkable insensitivity for saying she would not have done anything differently. Here's what the standard thinks.
0: The report finds an institutional failure by London Fire Brigade in failing to prepare for a fire involving cladding or in evacuating a high-rise block. This, in a city full of high-rises, is appalling. So was the response in the control room dealing with those trapped by the fire and the advice to stay put. Giving evidence in September last year, Danny Cotton says she would have changed nothing in the response to the fire. The report condemns this and Miss Cotton's response on the night itself and warns that the LFP is at risk of failing to learn lessons because of this attitude. It is clear from this that she cannot stay in her job. She plans to retire next year at 50 with a large pension. She led an organisation in a way which let down the victims of Grenfell. Her attitude shows she has not learned the lessons. She should move on now.
1: Our investigations editor David Cohen has followed the Grenfell tragedy from the beginning and spoken many times to some of those who survived and the relatives of those who did not. He's been out of the newsroom speaking to them again today. David, this report isn't due to be published until tomorrow, but has been leaked early. How have those
2: you've spoken to reacted to what it says? I spoke to one survivor, Rukayet Mamudu, who walked out of the tower in her dressing gown carrying her sleeping son, who basically survived because she ignored the fire department's stay-put policy. And she had asked her solicitor to collect the report yesterday And she was outraged that it had been leaked this morning. So she discovered that when she woke up and saw it on the news. She found it dishonest, disrespectful and hurtful. And I've spoken to other survivors who feel the same way. I think it echoes some issues and things that have happened all the way through. Um, There has been an attempt always to try and show maximum respect to the survivors. Uh, But in this case, it clearly hasn't worked.
1: The horror for the relatives of those 72 who died must be, if my family member had not taken the advice, they would be alive. There must be people thinking like that.
2: Lots of people are thinking like that, particularly because there was a window where pretty much almost everyone could have been saved if if uh if action had been taken very quickly um and if the and if the first responders had been uh, able to go up and clear those floors there was a window where that could have happened and i know um david that i have spoken to many families who ignored that policy There was one family who I spoke to who arrived back at the tower at one in the morning. The parents arrived back. They caught the lift up. As luck would have it, somebody jumped out on the fourth floor, which is where the fire had just broken out. The lobby was full of smoke. The husband went to get his children out of the tower. They were on the 13th floor and sent his wife back down. And as she got down to the bottom floor, the first fire engines were turning up. And she said to them, my husband and children are up there. And their response was, tell them to stay where they are and close the windows and doors. And she buzzed her husband to tell her, him to stay put. But he had seen how fires can spread from his native Portugal And he ignored that policy, and not only that, he banged on all the doors of his neighbours on the 13th floor, and he saved the lives of all those people on the 13th floor. Some of the firemen I've spoken to admitted that their radios were not up to the job on the night. So when they did go up the tower, they lost contact. They did not have the right equipment that allowed them to be in touch with their commanders on the ground, who could even tell them oh, so and so's calling from this uh, flat on this floor, can you go and save them? They were pretty much on their own up there, and that must have been this very, very scary situation.
1: So incredible bravery shown by many of the fire service personnel who attended Grenfell Tower. But were they let down by those in positions above them?
2: Well, this is what uh, survivors are feeling, that... Um, Danny Cotton, uh, the, the commissioner in charge of London Fire Brigade, um, who is, has said she will retire next year, they feel that she should be made to face the consequences um, of this policy, of this inflexibility, and also of this poor preparation. Um, I think there are others as well at the top um, of this command who face further scrutiny. And I think there there is considerable anger, and and will continue to be, um, because it it is it, the the conclusion you reach inescapably and sadly is how avoidable most of these deaths were, and we haven't even got on to the issue of the cladding, which itself is is a whole other issue.
3: Still to come. There are currently 216 tall buildings in London where the Stapos advice is no longer followed by the London Fire Brigade because it's worried that these buildings are unsafe and will go up too quickly. And there's something like 6,900 tall buildings again in London where the Brigade has simply no idea how safe or unsafe they are.
1: Our City Hall editor Ross Lydell and courts correspondent Tristan Kirk on where the inquiry's Phase 2 will go. The report today brings the conclusions of phase one of the inquiry and looked at events on the night of the fire. Phase two starts next year and looks at what came before, how Grenfell Tower came to be in a condition that allowed the fire to spread. With me now are our City Hall editor Ross Lydell and courts correspondent Tristan Kirk, both attended the inquiry hearings. Ross, the report's worried that London Fire Brigade won't learn lessons from Grenfell. Is that a real concern?
3: I think it is. I remember six years ago spending two or three weeks down at uh, Lambeth Town Hall for the inquest into the six deaths at Lackanall House, which I think was a 14-storey tower block in Camberwell. And what happened there was uncannily similar to Grenfell. There, the plastic PVC windows melted and basically caused the outside of the building to go up very quickly, leaving people trapped inside. And the failings there that the Brigade was warned of was essentially not paying enough attention to the 999 calls made by the residents trapped inside. And there was an opportunity there to save people who were saying, please come and get us, please rescue us. And they didn't get to them quickly enough. And largely that is one of the problems that happened at Grenfell too, that there was this disconnect between the Fire Brigade call centre and the residents terrified calling 999 saying i'm trapped i'm trapped get me out what do i do and the crews on the ground that simply didn't respond to that quickly enough didn't send crews up the stairs quickly enough or get the ladders and didn't get these people out even though they were desperate to be helped and they ended up dying in their flats
1: tristan you were there at the beginning of this inquiry i think some of the relatives of those who died and some of the survivors were a bit concerned there might be a bit of a whitewash. That's not what's happened, is it?
4: No, not at all. This inquiry started off as uh, being criticised from the very outset. Um, the the family's uh, relatives of the victims thought that uh, this was going to be an establishment figure who wouldn't uh, be criticising people in charge. And and, and actually, the report criticises the London Fire Brigade very heavily.
1: Yeah, Ross, phase two is due to begin early next year, I believe. It's been delayed because there were delays in, in phase one. I would imagine there are some who are looking at this report today seeing that it really does pull no punches and being quite concerned about what might be coming ahead.
3: Well, that's right, because I believe that uh, dependent on what comes out in Phase 2 or subsequent to it concluding uh, will then be the police decision on whether to prosecute potentially the fire brigade and others. I would imagine Kensington Chelsea Council or its sort of offshoot organisation for potentially corporate manslaughter. And, of course, the criminal investigation could actually potentially, I would imagine, take precedence in a way and that it may delay the inquiry further. Because the belief is that any sort of modern building will be able to protect its inhabitants for at least 60 minutes. Hence, they can stay put and will be rescued. If that uh, ruling or, the, or that sort of um, system fails and they have to get out quicker, it sort of changes the whole dynamic and therefore we're talking about firefighters having to intervene immediately and evacuate very tall buildings and large numbers of people. <clears throat> and should, should the inquiry when in its second half f- actually agree with that, then it means massive changes for people living in tall buildings. And what, what Danny Cotton said two weeks ago at City Hall was that there are currently 216 tall buildings in London where the state advice is no longer followed by the London Fire Brigade because it's worried that these buildings are unsafe and will go up too quickly. And there's something like 6,900 tall buildings again in London where the brigade has simply no idea how safe or unsafe they are.
1: Justin, you're our courts correspondent. If this does end up going back to the courts, it's extremely important that London gets all the answers to this, isn't it?
4: Absolutely it is but I think it, what's important in, in the Grenfell case is to have this inquiry and a thorough investigation into not only what happened on the fire on the night of the fire but in the, the days, weeks and months and even years preceding that uh, how policies were enacted and how we came to a position where a, a tower block could go up uh, in such a rapid fashion and kill so many people and then once all that evidence has been... Uh, aired in, in in this inquiry, then there can be proper decisions taken on whether the there is justification and and uh, uh, you know a, a possible um, convictions uh, to to lead on from from this uh, this terrible event. I don't think rushing to judgment is is the way forward. So yes, London deserves justice uh, and the the relatives particularly but this is something that's that's going to take a lot a lot of time
1: and that's the leader you can get overnight updates from our audio news team through your smart speaker every morning at 7 a.m just ask for the news from the evening standard this podcast is back at 4 p.m tomorrow wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing.